here are seven signs that you are under spiritual attack. Number one, your thinking feels cloudy and confused and it's really difficult to focus on anything. Number two, your energy and sleep is disturbed. You likely feel tired at the wrong times and wide awake when it's time to go to sleep or you're having nightmares. Number three, you have a sense of hopelessness, depression, and anxiety. Some call this the spirit of heaviness. Number four, you're experiencing strong temptation. This might even be in an area where you formally had victory. Number five, you're feeling an onslaught of guilt, shame, and condemnation. This can be an attack on your identity or on your kingdom assignment. Number six, there is strife and arguments in your relationships. These could be attacks from relative strangers or people that are close to you. And number seven is spiritual dryness. You might be noticing a lack of desire to pray or read the Bible. Mm, spiritual dryness. Ooh. Listen. <laughs> sure, you can contextualize this as, you know, spiritual. Um, a, a clinician might say this is traumatic, right? Childhood wounds or whatever, right? Whatever you want to call it. Two good people get together, you're going to be tried in your relationship, right? Whether it's generational curses, i.e. generational tasks, you're not going to get together and not have a challenging time. I, I, I'm, I'm just so disappointed that people think Everything is supposed to be smooth as peanut butter when you find the right person. Do you understand? Relationships are designed to put you through something. But not only to put you through it, but to get you through it. I know y'all not ready for tonight. See, because in a transactional society, in a materialistic society, in a spiritually impoverished society, milestones, we bought the house, we got the car, we got the degrees, we got the kids, uh, we got everything, we got the insurance policies, and uh, we, we got the vacation, we got leisure time. But trial stones trump milestones when we're talking about a seasoned relationship you remember big mama skillet that skillet wasn't worth nothing unless it was seasoned and you don't wash that skillet out now do you that see that skillet gotta be seasoned you know how many uh gravy rice and liver <laughs> Liver and gravy and rice with them sautéed onions. You know how many meals got cooked in that skillet? That skillet is seasoned. You could eat that skillet if you wanted to. Let me tell you, the real relationships are the ones that are seasoned by trial stones. Milestones are great to have. Absolutely. Let's hit those milestones. Let's build something together. Because, you know, everybody want to talk about building. Let's build something. Great. Let's build something. Let's build wealth. Let's build a lot of things, right? Let's build a family. But what keeps 
those relationships together are not the milestones. You see rich people breaking up every day. They got every milestone you can count. They got every milestone you can name. It is the it is oh it is the ability to overcome the trial stone Whew. that makes a relationship right worth everything. Trial stones versus milestones, unraveling the transformative power of overcoming. Right? The ability to overcome, the ability to be resilient, the ability to learn a lesson from another human being that may have hurt you or to learn a lesson from hurting the one who is the closest to you. That is a trial stone. Many people don't want to go through trials. They love logging the miles in the direction of achieving a milestone. What spiritual wars have you and your significant other triumphed over? How many trial stones have you and your significant other overcome? And are you better or worse for having overcome them? Listen, listen. Can infidelity be seen as a spiritual attack? Can pride and ego be seen as a spiritual attack? Can poor communication skills be seen as a spiritual attack? Can, listen now, I don't know if y'all ready for this evening, trial stones over milestones. Can obstinance or stubbornness or an unwillingness to change or learn or grow or expand your perspective be seen as a spiritual attack? Can financial infidelity be seen as a type of spiritual attack? Can the outside opinions of others be seen as a type of spiritual attack on your relationship? What are the benefits of learning how to leverage trials and tribulations in order to make our relationships stronger, more spiritually resilient. See, you listen, you're dating children who don't want to cultivate spiritual resilience, who want to quit when it hurt, who want to quit when it looks like no end in sight. And I'm not talking about, you guys hear me preface this all the time. I'm not talking about somebody who is dangerous to you, who is harmful to you, physically, spiritually, psychologically. See, because sometimes we clump all of these things together and they are indeed nuanced. You understand? Listen to that question again. What are the benefits of learning how to leverage trials and tribulations in order to make our relationship stronger slash more spiritually resilient? That's a heavy question. What is spiritual resilience in context with coping with difficult times in relationships? Can the propensity of being able to overcome trials and tribulations lead to 
the deepening of bonds and love, as well as the strengthening of one's relationship. See, you don't want to put your relationship in the spiritual gym. You want your relationship to come in fit. That's what choose wisely means. See, let me tell you something. You still choosing a process. You still choosing an unfinished product. Oh, I know people don't want to hear it. You're still choosing, that's right, a diamond in the rough. When was the last time you chose somebody that was already finished? See, if they was finished, they might as well have been dead. <laughs> because the lessons don't stop. The learning doesn't stop. Whew. How have you and your significant other triumph triumphed over spiritual battles in your relationships? Can you share a specific spiritual war that you and your partner have overcome together? 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. This is a national discussion. I don't know who I'm who I'm ministering to tonight. Right? What are the challenges you face during this, that spiritual battle? And how did you overcome them? I want to hear from couples that won. I want to hear testimony tonight from couples that succeeded. Right? A few times. Once or twice. That don't mean, just like Atala said, that doesn't mean they're perfect. That doesn't mean they don't have other storms on the way in. But like Big Mama's pot, with each storm that is overcome, they get more seasoning to them. I want to hear from couples. I want to hear from people who who failed at it. I, I, listen, I'm one of them. I, I fail all the time. I want you to call in and share a specific spiritual war that you and your significant other have overcome or weren't able to overcome. What were the challenges that you faced during that spiritual battle? I want to know. How did overcoming certain spiritual battles, right, that you faced, how did they make you better? What did you learn? How did it up-level you? In what ways did the spiritual battles you face enhance your relationship dynamics? How did you and your partner grow individually and collectively as a couple through those spiritual trials? Trial stones versus milestones. I'm going to tell you right now, go to school, work hard, be diligent, be dedicated. You're going to hit your milestones. But let me tell you something about a trial stone. A trial stone will throw everything you learned in school, everything you learned from your mama, everything you modeled from your home life. It'll throw all of that out the window. And put you in a state of confusion, which most people don't understand is actually a state of growth. <laughs> I know y'all not ready. Y'all don't want a trial stone. You want milestones. Because America said, we are Americans, let's get it. You want, a you want a milestone, right? You don't want to face no trial stones. A trial stone will grow your tail up spiritually. But you don't want to grow up spiritually because it hurts. Huh? 
It hurts. <laughs> what role did faith or spirituality play in helping you overcome these trial stones? How did you maintain hope and resilience during the spiritual battles y'all faced with one another? Come on, we, we faced it together. How did that make you appreciate your partner even more? <laughs> How do you define a trial stone in context of overcoming spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional challenges within your relationship? How many trial stones have you and your significant other overcome? And how have they impacted the relationship? Are you better? I want to know. When I come forward, the phone lines are open. I want to talk to you this evening. Are you currently in the midst of a trial stone? Ooh, huh? Which weighs the most on your spirit? The trial stones or the milestones, huh? Which brings you more happiness? Which brings you more peace? Being able to overcome trial stones or just simply having milestones? We're going to talk about it when I come forward. I just want to put this out there. Spiritual warfare is real in relationships. And you can do everything right. You done got counseling. Y'all done been fighting for each other. Y'all done been implementing healthy communication. And if you're not careful to be aware of how the enemy attacks y'all, how he keeps trying to creep into y'all stuff, when there's any offense in the relationship, what I'm seeing is this. When two people see it as me versus you versus us versus the problem, we forget we don't wrestle against flesh and blood or in other words we don't wrestle against physical components we only have one enemy and it's the enemy just that everybody's properly equipped this goes into what paul said do not be ignorant to the enemy's devices or his schemes against you and this has nothing to do with not taking accountability for our actions this is the spirits behind the voices the thoughts that we hear when we're offended if you're not careful trying to do it God's way, the enemy will literally show up within your relationships and try to sabotage them. That's why I can confidently say no one's family is perfect. I can confidently say no one's relationship is perfect. Yes, we have natural things that interfere with harmony in relationships, but please let us not be a people that forget we have a spiritual realm and we let the enemy have his field day because he gets to stay uncovered. Ooh, the spirit behind the irritant. Ooh, huh? You listen. Two good people come together. Two people good for each other can't seem to get in alignment because the spirit, right, of whatever wound you gave a leadership role in your life won't let won't give up office. <laughs> won't won't let go of the position you gave oh man this is heavy this is heavy on tonight's show we will explore the transformative power of overcoming trials and tribulations in relationships and how they contribute to spiritual growth and spiritual resilience and when i say spiritual i don't necessarily mean religious
I don't mean dogmatic. What I'm saying is relationships are more spiritual than they are material or physical. It is an entire energetic exchange that is happening. It's not just we, we dress nice and we drive a nice car and we live in a nice neighborhood. It's not just that. Two good people got to earn the right to be with each other. I know y'all ain't ready to hear this tonight. 1-800-920-1580. Talk to me. Talk to me. I want to hear from you now. We will also address the questions that I provided to delve deeper into this topic. Trial stones. We want to unravel the transformative power of overcoming challenges, right? Okay? We want to unravel, right, these challenges, right? There's a transformative power there. Relationships are not immune to challenges. In fact, it is through these challenges that we have the opportunity to grow individually and as a collective. The metaphor of trial stones represents the obstacles we face in our relationships and how they can be leveraged and used to transform us into uh, or we can transform those obstacles into stepping stones toward a stronger bond. Reflecting on the spiritual battles that strengthen your bond, how have you and your partner triumphed over adversities? Every relationship faces its own set of spiritual battles. These battles can take various forms and Uh, The way we navigate through them uh, determines the strength of the bond. Sharing our experiences of triumph over adversity can can inspire others and provide valuable insights into the transformative power of overcoming these challenges. I'm telling you, there's something there. There's something about being able to beat up a challenge. It's not... Me against you, as the brother said, is us against the problem. Oh, man, that's if you value us. That's if you think us is worth something. Oh, y'all ready tonight? 1-800-920-1580. I want to get this national discussion going. Listen, before I go to the phone lines, I want y'all to know, man, This is my purpose, to come in here and rattle the spiritual cages of those who understand the spiritual value of relationship. And I'm going to ask this question. How can couples continue to grow and evolve spiritually together even after overcoming major trials and tribulations? Tonight's topic, trial stones versus milestones. When we come forward, we're going to get these phone lines a popping. I want to use this video to help you understand with greater clarity and spiritual discernment that oftentimes our relationships, especially the ones that are most important to us, are often under attack. You see, we often come under the lie and deceptions that our relationships should be so smooth, right? That our close relationships, we should just get along and everything just goes smoothly. And we forget there's an invisible war over our relationships. The enemy has at the top of its list in the stealing, killing, and destroying of your life is to divide, erode, separate, create a chasm between relationships. Because the enemy knows 
when there is unified hearts and relationships, amazing things will happen. Marriages get stronger, families get stronger, church communities get stronger, businesses get stronger. There becomes this galvanized force that God works as we learn to walk in unity of heart. But let's face it, it is hard work. And in fact, it brings out stuff in us that God's actually wanting us to grow in. But if we're not aware, we're going to fall for the traps that the enemy brings our way. See, and don't, and don't get caught up on the religion. We that man telling the truth. That's why I played the clip. Some people will get caught up on the religion. God is real. The principalities of darkness, real. Spiritual warfare, real. Good people come together, just like he said. You've heard it. You've heard it. When a man finds a good woman. Or when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing, right? You, you've heard that. We did that show, right? Well, when a woman finds a good man, she finds a good thing. She finds a husband, she finds a good thing. Same thing. When hearts that are unified come together in love, in compassion, in respect, in empathy, Right In grace, where they give grace to each other, space to each other to have, bring their wounds with them and be nurtured by the healing waters of that relationship. That relationship can produce many powerful things, many inspirational things for the onlookers. And whenever you see onlookers, you know some of them going to be haters. Listen. Can infidelity be seen as a spiritual attack? Infidelity can indeed be seen as a spiritual attack. It challenges the core values of trust, loyalty, and commitment within a relationship. I'm guilty of it. See, people get shocked when I, when I speak the truth, when I, when I let it all out. I'm guilty of it. I've seen its work. I know you don't want to hear it tonight. I know you don't want to hear it like that. The emotional and spiritual impact of infidelity can be profound, leading to a rupture in the connection between partners. However, it is through the process of healing and rebuilding trust that couples can experience spiritual growth and transformation even from infidelity. Can pride and ego be seen as a spiritual attack? Yes, indeed. Pride and ego can be seen as a spiritual attack within a relationship. How? When individuals prioritize their own needs and desires over the well-being of the relationship as a whole, it can create a barrier to open communication and understanding. It can slow down the natural uh, 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 ebb and flow of reciprocity, ego, right? Where you feel like what I do is more valuable than what you do, huh? Uh, my contribution to this relationship is a little bit more significant than your pride and ego. That's a spiritual attack. I don't know who I'm speaking with this evening, but somebody has to hear the word 
and respond in kind. Get to your phone lines, 1-800-920-1580. I want to talk to you this evening. Overcoming pride and ego requires humility. Sometimes God humbles you with a good partner that won't stand for your mess. That won't stand for your lack of accountability. That won't run from you, but will stand up to you and call you to the floor for your pride and ego. Sometimes God put that kind of person in your life. Sometimes you got to be faced with losing them or actually losing them in order for you to find the humility that you lack. That, that's, a, that, that's a spiritual attack. I know people ain't ready for this now. <laughs> Can poor communication skills be seen as a spiritual attack? Poor communication skills can indeed be seen as a spiritual attack on a relationship. Communication is the foundation of any healthy relationship. So guess what happens when you withdraw it? Guess what happens when you uh, don't want to have these kind of conversations? Those are spiritual attacks, too. Listen, I can go on and on. Let me get some callers in here because I, I, I don't want to take up all the time. Let's get the folks in here who've been on the longest. Sean, Oakland, California. Get in here. Wow, Zoe. <laughs> Zoda, you've been on fire. <laughs> on fire. So, look, you know, we've all been through crisis. Uh, if you're of any age and all that. And by the way, we're all going to have to deal with some sort of crisis in a relationship. And by the way, it's all right. And, and don't think that you're exclusive dealing with some kind of bad thing happening in your relationship or in life, because we all have something. It could be something no one even thinks about, but it's there. So here's the key, or at least one key. The key is, is that you recognize it. Like you said earlier, I realized that I made a mistake or you got to do that people to someone you want to be with. I, I, I messed up. I've done that. I can't even tell you. I'm halfway to 112, 56. So yes, I've done that. I've, I, I'll probably do it tomorrow or the next day. I just don't make as big of mistakes as I used to. It's just that's how you learn. Mm. But the main thing is resilience. Mm -hmm. And that the other person you're with knows that you're not going to, you know, bail. Mm. You're not going to just run away from the problem. You're going to take the bull by the horns. We're going to work through this together. And that's what I say, Zoe. It's the hardest thing to do. But you young folks, when you're picking someone you really want to be with, and even though you're so attracted to that person, and they're so physically attractive, and you have all this going on and all that, just make sure of this one thing with all your conversations, like you said, Zoe, is that you can get through any super difficult problem together no matter what it is. I love it, brother. Guess what you just did? Thanks, brother. I brought Oakland into the building. Town business. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. We are on fire tonight. You're not crazy.
those people are attacking you. They may not attack you in a fleshly way, but they are attacking you in the spirit. Remember, we are spiritual beings having a human experience and everything is spiritual. Everything happens in the spirit. We don't fight in the flesh. We fight in the spirit. And you are awake. You are awoken. You know what a spiritual attack feels like. You know that energy. And granted, you may have other people around you, like relatives or people, peers around you that say, oh, no, you're just taking it too personal. You know, no, it's not even that serious. They're not doing that. You know, you know what's up. So don't allow these people to try to make you feel that you are not grounded in what your intuition is telling you. These people love to spiritually attack you. Their spirits are attacking your spirits. You're not crazy. Stay away from those people. <laughs> Tonight's topic is on complete fire. The phone lines are bananas. I'm going to get to you in 2.2 seconds. I want you... See, people say discern, but most people don't know what discerning or have a having a discerning spirit actually means. See, you think you discerned something because it was clear to you. Discernment sometimes is rooted in the unknown. What, what do I mean by that? You might not know what it is, but you know it's there. And you know you need to pay attention. See, a lot of times... It's got to be spelled out for you. And then you go, I discerned that. No, you didn't. It was spelled out. Sometimes you just need to sit in the uncomfortable energy of what has not revealed itself to you totally. But you got to take it serious because you know it's not aligned with your spirit. I, I know people ain't ready for tonight's information. But I'm ready to give it to you. Let me give you an example of what I'm saying. When a sincere apology that comes along with the desire to do better and change behavior weighs less than the hurt person's resentment, you might be under a spiritual attack. What? Huh? What? What? Yes. 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 We give life to what we pay attention to. If we feed pain, pain's hunger grows. Do you see? If we feed fear, fear's appetite grows. If we feed disrespect, disrespect's appetite grows. Let me say it again. When a sincere apology and a willingness to change and a willingness to heal and a willingness to reconcile what's wrong with self, right, weighs less than resentment, you might be under spiritual attack. When you suffer from compassion fatigue, you might be under a spiritual attack. See, I don't think you understand. You live in a society that lacks real compassion. Do you understand? You know, COVID just happened three years ago, going on four, right? These landlords can't wait to kick people out. It's business. It's not personal. We got to eat. 
You can't just be living in my, my, my business for free. Right? We live in a society that lacks empathy. So it makes sense that a concept like compassion fatigue exists. That's because you, 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 you're spiritually inverted in the relationship. You don't understand what it means to relate, especially with a human being. You know how to relate with a wallet. You know how to relate with a mask. You know how to relate with an image, but you don't know how to relate with a human. That's how you get compassion fatigue. I know y'all not ready. Let me get these callers in here. Who's been on the longest? D.C., Harbor City, get in here. What's going on, man? I, man, I love your passion, and I love your format. I look forward to listening to you every night, man. Thank you, brother. Really? I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Well, hey, discernment is there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm, 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 I'm 63 years old, been married 36 years, raised three kids, man. And a lot of discernment in between that as well. And it has to do with a lot of maturity, too, mm. as well. And like you just mentioned, man, sometimes, you know, you got to sit and you got, and, and not only that, but discernment has to do with you already know what's going on, too. Mm-hmm. You, you already know what's happening. But the thing is that you have to sit and not only that, but you have to be quiet and it, and it reveals itself as well. And I'm going to tell you, I don't, so, I, I know how to sit, but I don't know how to be quiet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still learning how to be quiet. But you're right, D.C. Keep going. Because, number one, man, I had to. The thing is, man, I had to learn to do that. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but it doesn't hit you today. That discerning spirit will probably hit you the next day. So wait a minute. Hold. Oh, I'm putting two and two together now. And bam, it hits you. It doesn't uh, doesn't always just hit you that day, man. It may hit, it may be a delayed thing where it hits you like a day later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I, I know for a fact, man, that that pattern she's changing her pattern. Mm-hmm. Something's kind of weird right now. And all of a sudden, man, you put two or two together. All of a sudden, man, about a day later, bam, it hits you. But the thing is, we tend to like jump to conclusions. But what we have to do is we're gonna we're gonna sit there, we're gonna breathe a little bit, and we're gonna we're gonna allow the conclusion to come to us. Mm. And I'll learn that over the years. Mm. That's wisdom right I there. Do, I, I, do, I do with my with my youngest daughter right now. Mm-hmm. Comes in late, you know, hanging out. I don't say anything. And then, you know, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sit down and I'm just gonna say a few things, whatever. And then because I know what's going on because I was twenty five. Mm-hmm. I'm sixty three now. Mm-hmm. You know? I've been there, done that, and been at some of the rules as well. Right. So the thing is, I'm going to jump to conclusion, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to offer some wisdom mm-hmm. as well because you don't raise a 25 year old. What you're doing, you got to impart wisdom at a 25 year old. Mm. Mm. Guidance. Ooh. Guidance. Keep going, brother. You're cooking now. You you you're cooking with the rarest oil. Keep going. You got another jewel for us. Give it to us. So what happens is that where we are where we are right now. As, as when you're dealing with relationships, because that first topic was so right on. But when we're dealing with relationships, which here's the key. I'm going to use the big word. What is my modus operandi when I meet this, when I meet this woman, when I meet this man? What is, is it to fall in love? It's to build a relationship. 
is it going to be spiritual or is it just going to be for the for the for the for the uh do the wild thing mm. or then when i fall in love is it really love do i love your teeth do i love your body do i love you know do i love you know the the the, the uh, what how you smell do i love your spirit mm-hmm. all these things mm-hmm. now what happens that can i trust you uh, uh, dc you this is what i need you to do i need you to go take a sip of some tea when we come forward, we're going to come right back to Harbor City, which is just right outside of the LBC. Because, brother, you cooking now. I need you to take just a little break. When we come forward, more from the brother DC out of Harbor City. He's on fire. All right, peace and blessings, guys. Peace and blessings, Mark the Messenger. We are back on a video. A lot of people have been asking me to make a video on spirit spouses and spirit wives, spirit husbands. And at the end of this video, guys, I'm gonna give you guys solutions on how to overcome these demons, because that's exactly what it is. We gotta call it what it is. Yes, they can call it a spirit spouse, spirit husband, spirit wife, but let's just call it what it is, and it's demons, demonic spirits working against you. What do demons do, guys? What is the main thing of a demon? To distract you from your purpose on God and to make you not elevate in the kingdom of God, to have you being stuck. So if you leveling up in the kingdom of God, just have you stuck right here and maybe not even seeking the kingdom of God, which is one of the signs I'm gonna go over. Let's go, let's go. Don't forget to smash the like button, subscribe to the channel number one. Okay. You can't wait to fall asleep. You can't wait to fall asleep because it's a temporary escape of your life, the miserable life that you're living. And when you're living and when you're in your dreams, you, you have the assessment of illusion that, you know, because you have your husband, your wife in, in the dream, which is an incubus, a succubus, a demon. Okay. And understand this, guys. That miserable life, that's a life of sin, that a life of, where you're expecting that you can't wait to have sex with, uh, or you can't wait to interact with your spirit wife, demon, you, get, you can't wait to interact with the demon, that is miserable, guys, okay? Always understand that when you can't wait to fall asleep because you can't wait to have sex in your dreams, understand that is a sign that you have a spirit uh, spouse. Back in the days, guys, back when I didn't know anything about spiritual warfare, didn't know anything about demons or anything like that, guys, I was, I couldn't wait to go to sleep. I couldn't wait to i would get mad when I w- i'd wake up i would get mad <laughs> i would get mad which is number two i believe oh no, no, no that's not the number two but number two let's get with number two for those of you who might be confused he is defining or describing something that is called a spirit spouse the spirit spouse is a widespread element of shamanism distributed through all continents and at all cultural levels. Often these spirit husband and wives are seen as the primary helping spirits of the shaman who assist them in their work and help them gain power in the world of spirit. But as the brother was breaking down the incubus, the succubus, and the Lilith. A spirit spouse can fall in love with your man or woman, your husband or wife, and actively try to pull them away from you. Have you ever wondered how two people just can't make it work? How how, we just going to argue and keep arguing and keep arguing? We're not going to find no solutions. But we love each other dearly and deeply. The bond is real. But we can't find any real solutions. Intelligent, 
spiritually minded, but we can't seem to find a solution. And the smallest little thing, we could be arguing over a box of tricks. Over a box of Captain Crunch. Cereal Wars. <laughs> the smallest thing will set you off. Like the brother described, that spirit spout is dedicated to distracting and pulling you apart. Why? Because you're special. Why? Because they don't want another unified heart in the world that could reverberate out in. Listen, don't. Go ahead, Andy. And then I'm going back to D.C. <laughs> Go ahead, Andy. I saw, I saw you put it on. I felt like you alluded to it uh, in the last hour. <clears throat> and just, uh, you know, listening to these clips, um, they have a, a Christian centered uh, perspective or philosophy. Uh, I'm just curious to know for those who don't identify um, as Christian, if, if a lot of these perspectives still, you know, apply. Right. Well, they do. Because Christianity ain't the oldest religion. Christianity got some roots that go way, way, way back and go back further than the European continent. Your earliest version of Christianity is found on the continent of Africa, right? You, we looking at Christian, we got to go to Ethiopia first. That's if you want to start, you understand? And then that's an outgrowth. What is that an outgrowth of? Well, in some Ethiopian manuscripts, you're going to find that the name of Jesus is called Horus. Oh, that's straight out of Egypt now. Huh? You want to go to Luxor, the temple of man. And at the temple of man, you will find that success, uh, successive pharaohs continue to build on the temple of man if you saw the temple from the sky looking down the temple is shaped like a man oh okay now inside one of the temples you will see a relief the relief is called the theogamy scene well the word theogamy is greek theos is God, Theotheos. That's your Greek word. When you're reading your New Testament, you're going to see Theos. Theos is the Greek word for God. We also get our word theater from the word Theos. Don't get me started this evening. You done opened up a can of worms. Now, the theogamy scene. Agami is marriage. Gamos. Theogamy, marriage to God. And what you see is Osiris, Isis, and Horus, the first solar messiah, where the European Christians came in and recontextualized ancient belief systems. Don't go back to the Nicene Council. It's even older than that. Okay, I didn't mean, I'm sorry. I digress. Uh, DC, please jump in here. I, I'm sorry. Please get in here, brother. But I mean, every that's all relative. But you also, I mean, when you're looking at two relationships, but you cannot leave out eros. 
erotica. You cannot live, leave out the super ego as well. Righteous. Because when you talk about two people who love each other, but they just can't get along. See, the thing is that you remember that song by Teddy Pendergrass? It's so good loving somebody when somebody loves you back. Right. Talk about a, a 60-40. Hey, there's not going to be an equal, there's not going to be an equal partnership. Somebody's going to give a 60-70. Somebody's going to give a 20-30. A, a, a and usually for my relationship, being married 36 years, it was, it was my wife who gave, who, who, who actually loved me more than enough to keep us in the game, in the game of marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and we talk about, let's talk about religion. 50% of marriages end up in divorce in the church. Come in on. the church. 50%. But I, I go to a big church in Inglewood. Let me tell you, what I do, I listen to the world, but I also listen to how many women walking there by themselves. It's not all they, all their husbands ain't at, at, at the house watching the football game. They come into church by themselves. Mm. This, hey, there's something to say about that. Mm. Relationships, man, relationships. So it boils down to, as I started, what is my modus operandi when I meet this woman, when I meet this man? What, what do I want to formulate? What kind of relationship I formulate? Number one, we were not taught that. I know I wasn't taught how to formulate relationship. I was taught how to, how to, you know, get my way in, do what I had to do and then somehow mature, and then establish this relationship, but then screw it up throughout the 36 years and finally come back and say, hey, I'm going to love my wife unconditionally. So you know what? Yes, we got the, we've got the demons out there, but also they have to do it. you got to make a decision. It boils down to making a daggum decision. A daggum decision. I had to play this record for you, brother, because you, you out here killing it tonight. Hey, man. Guess, guess what you just did, man? I brought Harbor City into the building, brother. DC brought Harbor City in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Let's get Atala from Houston, Texas in the building. Let's keep it cooking. <laughs> you know I'm turned up. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Atala. What's on your mind tonight? You laughing at me. I, I just, I love this topic so much, man. Talk to me. It's a fire, it's a fire topic. Okay, so you saw my little faux pas in the, in the DMs, what I thought you were talking about. I know it's no, not golf. Sounding. It's all love. I, I, come on now. You come on. <laughs> but um, let me just say, though, so I don't know, just by reading it, when I think about milestones relationally, that's like, kind of reminds me of like what society puts on you like oh you've been dating for a year so you need to get married now or you've been doing xyz so you need to do this like kind of like these arbitrary time limits that we put on ourselves in our relationships based on other people's opinions um and then when i'm when you're thinking about like trial stones i'm thinking about the totality of the relationship Mm -hmm. like the spiritual trials that you've had to go through within yourself but also with your partner um, and just as a side note, to speak on the whole spirit spouses, y'all, they are real. They are real. It's not just about relationships. They will derail every part of your life. It's not just, it's not just about your partner. Um, it's, it's anything, any type of, um, advancement or progression you try to take in your life will be thwarted because of your lust, your ego. To me, it's all about ego and fear, mm. but, um, that's neither here nor there. 
But um, I feel like the ways in which I've been a hindrance to myself is, again, like I told you about the worthiness wound. That's that's mm-hmm. a huge one. Mm-hmm. You know, and chances are if you have it, it's reflected in your partner as well. Like imagine two people who don't think they're enough for each other. Like what does that look like? Trial stone. That is a trial stone. Mm-hmm. Shadow work is is going to manifest in the relationship as a trial stone unhealed mm-hmm. unacknowledged unrequited wounds these are trial stones you are really nailing it down for people who are not clear continue mm-hmm. and so um essentially what i found is that in a situation like that again there is no progress it's literally just like a huge boulder right and i think you have to each work together to kind of dismantle it um but you know, again, if you're convinced that you have no strength, you have to be rest assured that you do, because otherwise you wouldn't even be in that position to dismantle the thing that needs to be dismantled if you didn't have the strength. Mm. And I think that's the biggest trick. It's the delusion that you are not as strong as you are, but you wouldn't be faced with the obstacle if you weren't strong enough to overcome it in the first place. Mm. That's why it's in your life. Right. That, that goes back to the point we talk about all the time on this show. If God the universal force of all that is, the fundamental reality of all reality, the ground of reality, as theoretical physicist calls it, the ground of reality fine-tuned the universe with the universal constants. How is it that your relationship is somehow not fine-tuned? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It definitely is. Every relationship you have is fine. Every single one, like down to the second. It's literally like, what's that movie? The Truman Show? Everything is literally um, like meticulously calculated to go a certain way so that you, I think, reach a certain point. And if you decide to just give up and not do the work, it doesn't matter because you're constantly moving towards that point anyway. Now now watch this, though, Atala, because you're hitting on something that's really big. Some people will push back Mm -hmm. and say, well, what about free will? The uni- um, I mean, free- now, now watch this, though. The universe is so fine-tuned that every choice you make creates an alternate reality. The multiverse. Mm-hmm. This is what people don't... It's fine-tuned. Whatever you decide to do, right? Whatever thought you have has a reality somewhere. Uh, go ahead, Antela, finish. Yeah, I mean, I was... Um... I was just going to say it kind of it also reminds me of Job, right, where the Most High says, like, have you considered my servant Job? Like, of all people to test. Right. And I'm not saying that we should compare ourselves to Job, because, I mean, if you're not living righteously, it is what it is. But you understand that you're going to come up against things. So it's always like mind boggling when we act so shocked that we have these trials. That's what it's supposed to be. And so maybe the lesson in that is just to take the challenges in stride and not focus so much on the fact that there is a boulder there. Like, yeah, we get it. You've seen them a million times. What are you going to do about it? Or let's focus on what's inside the boulder. Could be gold ore. Could be diamonds. Mm. Could be Mm -hmm. something precious. See, Vibranium. (laughs) Let me tell you, a blockage is not always, listen now, a blockage is not always a bad thing. Sometimes a blockage is protection, and sometimes a blockage is a task that is designed for you to figure out so you can up-level spiritually. Mm, Okay, Atala. What what did you just do, sweetheart? (laughs) 
<laughs> I brought Houston in the building. Houston, Texas, man. Texas is in the building. Zoe Williams is on fire tonight. We got two heavy hitters coming up next. You already know what it is. The phone lines are open. This is a national discussion. I want to talk to you. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. Hey, 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 Tony Gaskins here. Somebody that asked me to touch on spiritual warfare in relationships. And I think that's a very great question. It's a very deep question, too. Very, very deep. And something that is extremely difficult to cover. I probably should be sitting down and not covering this while I'm driving. But it's something very deep to cover. But when you think about it in a more basic sense, not going ocean deep with it you think about spirits and spirits having dispositions and so imagine a spirit that's raised in the ghetto imagine a spirit that's raised in opulence and extreme wealth extreme privilege imagine a spirit that's raised in a homosexual home imagine a spirit that's raised in a single parent home a single mother home or a single father home that's two different experiences and when I say spirit I don't just mean like a external spirit like an evil spirit that like a demon but I mean your spirit meaning the human spirit as you've heard people say we are spirits having a human experience and whatever that means to you but what happens in a relationship is there becomes a either a battle of the spirits or a merging of the spirits and so either way it's a merging of the spirit but if the spirits are at odds so if one person comes from the bottom the ghetto the projects that person could have negative feelings towards so I get what he's saying. I I get what he's saying. Uh, but quantum mechanics is different than Newtonian physics or Einsteinian physics. So I, I get what he's saying. And the reason why I say quantum mechanics is different than Newtonian physics is is really simple. They're incompatible. They don't mix. And maybe he's saying the ghetto mindset doesn't mix with the higher level mind. Maybe he's saying that. But the only problem with that is the human spirit is in both ghetto and opulence. And life is going to put you on a track to evolve regardless of where you came from. So I... But I wanted to play him and, and, and give that, uh, you know, 
that piece a little space because I wanted a different perspective. And I think he provided that for us. Tony Gaskins. One day we're going to have him on the show. It's a good dude. I like what he does. We got callers. Let, let's just get right to it. Reggie from Austin, Texas, has been on the longest. Get in here, brother. I need to know your perspective. Matt, um, I have no problem with, with the, the topic um, and, and the knowledge that's been kicked. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think we have a, well, I have an issue with, with how it's interpreted. Um, Dr. King said that, that unearned suffering is redemptive. So that means that, that God honors the fact that you don't turn from your, your principle in the midst of your suffering, mm-hmm. in the midst of your trial. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. But we take it to the extreme by comparing trials, and like if if you've met, like if you've gone through this uh, trial, what is it called? Triolation. Um, trial and, stones and versus trial, milestones. Trial stones. Yes. Thank you. Trial stones. <laughs> you, you you have thirteen trial stones, and I have ten, and so you kept your your faith through all them thirteen, and so that means you're more blessed than me. Like it's it's like. It, I don't need to go through everything in order to get the point. Keep going. I think yes. we have to I think we have to open our eyes and say, okay, I saw what you went through. I saw how it affected you and your and your stance. And I can accept that and take the lesson from your trial. Observation. Right. Yes. And I don't have to go through that. I mean, I'll be damned if I have to go through trial after trial after trial. And my life is nothing but trial. Mm-hmm. That's misery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it? I think, yeah, it's absolute misery. If you Could go be. from one trial to the next, always, uh-huh. like if you always being disciplined so that you learn a lesson, well, that's who's, misery. Well, wait a minute. Who's doing the disciplining? God is disciplining you. So if you got to do it, that means you owe something to God, right? Absolutely. But, bro, how how, how are you always in the midst of the, of the fire? Always? What like you, that's what that's did, misery, wait, man. What did you do ten lives ago? I don't, man. I, I that's, that's another topic. I don't know. So, man. Sometimes we're but, in, we're in spiritual debt. We got to come here well, and work some debt off. We spiritual sharecroppers. So when is it ever over? I, I think I think when when God comes and and atones for sin and atones for for the for the issues. That's that resets it, man. You done. It's over. Like, like, like. I don't. I'm not gonna be miserable for the rest of my life. I'm gonna learn from you, and I'm gonna learn from everybody else, and open my eyes to what's the lesson being taught. Wait, stay. And I'm with not me. gonna feel the punishment. Red, Reggie, stay with me. We Go gotta. Co- we gotta come forward. But I need you to finish that. Lord have mercy. Reggie always cooks, man. Did you spiritual sharecropping? Guess what? You need to come back here and work off some of this debt you got. When we come forward, more from Austin, Texas. Remarks by saying that David is not the preferred son of Jesse. In fact, he is an ignored son of Jesse. He is the eighth child of Jesse, his father. He does not look like his life is going anywhere. He is a shepherd boy with a destiny locked inside of him. But at this moment in his life, at the early stages in his life, he is surrounded by mediocrity. 
Now, mediocrity is not a bad thing. Ordinariness is not a bad thing until you have greatness inside of you. When you have greatness inside of you and you're surrounded by mediocrity, you can be tormented by what other people are satisfied with. Tormented and taunted by the fact that there is a sense, there is an inner knowing within all of us that we are people of purpose and that something is supposed to happen in our lives. The challenge is how do we get that thing that we sense in our spirit to manifest in our life when we are constantly bombarded with adversity? David is not the preferred son of Jesse. Seemingly, when the enemy knows that God is going to use you in a mighty way, he does everything he can to upset the very genesis of your life, to kind of set you on a path of destructive behavior, to limit any self-esteem that you might have. He doesn't do that. He doesn't fight anybody that's not destined to go anywhere. But when he senses that there is greatness inside of you, the attack comes early it comes early somebody knows what I'm talking about somebody who's had to fight all of your life had to struggle all of your life you feel like Oprah on the color purple I had to fight all of my life (laughs) this happens in relationships too do you know that come on you think Come on, the principalities, they see two good people coming together. And they put you in an awkward situation. You are influenced. The whispers in your spirit or in your spirit's ear. People don't understand this happens a lot. Ah, But all we got is blame for the person who is guilty of the infraction. That's as deep as we can go. We don't look at the spiritual influences, the generational influences. Man, let me get Reggie back in here. Reggie, finish your thought, man. What's your final thought on this topic, good brother? Man, there are millions of lessons to learn, and I pray that we don't have to go through a million trials to learn them. Oh, I love you, brother. I love you. Guess what you just did, man? Austin is in the building always. Austin, Texas is in the building. We love that good brother right there. Let's keep him coming. Nikki from The Sip, you already know the legend is in the building. I'm just going to sit back and let her give us the food for thought. Here we go. Brothers though and the fam, some things to consider in the food for thought. When your relationship evolves to the point where you can recognize that there is a spirit at play that is a trial stone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, It takes a minute to evolve to the place where both people in the relationship can see that there is something else at play or afoot within their ship. And when you elevate in the relationship to the point where both of you can see it, Mm -hmm. not the person, but the spirit, that's a, that's a trial stone. Mm. Mm. Because now you have walked through, swam through, 
crawl through enough things, circumstances, attacks of the spirit, where both of you have evolved, where you can see, wait a minute, that's not him. That's a spirit showing up in him, but that's not him. Mm-hmm. Or that's not her. That's a spirit showing up in her. Mm. And I said in the chat something to consider also relative to Andy's <clears throat> question about maybe you don't come from a, a, a Christian perspective. Spirits are shapeshifters. You know, they'll take on the form of whatever particular religion or deity, you know, anywhere there's the positive moving towards source. Anywhere there's the growth moving toward whatever source you recognize. The the negative spirit shows up in whatever form is necessary to separate, kill, destroy. It doesn't matter to it as far as what background. It cares about separate, destroy, stop the forward movement, no progression, no manifestation. That's what it cares about. Mm. And so it, the attack comes in, you know, whatever your particular recognized theology accepts, Mm -hmm. it will take that form and show up to destroy your life or to stop the progression of bringing that thing T.D. Jakes was talking about forward. Mm -hmm. That's his point. And so where Reggie was going, well, to a degree, yes, because it is hard to practice fire prevention if you're constantly putting out fires. <laughs> Keep going. That's extremely difficult. But I humbly submit, when we are matriculating for a source and we're growing because we've endured enough things, stuff, how we put out the fires is different. Mm-hmm. We can have a small grass fire or we can have a forest fire. hmm and if we endure together as a couple through enough things, we may have to stomp out a grass fire on a continuum. Because if we're growing together, we're not going to stop having the trials. Mm-hmm. No, the spirit is going to keep coming. You know, I've said before, when we on A and B, the little evil Satan Claus is on A and B. <laughs> But when we all F and G, mm. Satan Claus on F and G. Come on. Wherever you go, they go. <laughs> Same thing. The, uh, Righteous. It's all like, what? She, they grew up. They they uh, See, that's how you tell. Mm. That's a level up experience moving towards your source. Mm-hmm. When, when, one, the trials are coming on a continuum, that means... Uh, how can I put it? We should see our Satan clauses as doors, not challenges. Mm. Because to me, when Satan clause shows up and he has leveled up, that means to me that God has used up the resources for us in this space of our matriculation toward him. Mm. And so now 
all of the resources for this space have been used up. We have now matriculated to a new level, and so now a new Satan clause is coming in. More money, more problems. More All elevation, that. more All challenges. That. Come on. All that. <laughs> like, if, if, if you have a beautiful package, a man or a woman, People sometimes forget that beauty, particularly in the beginning of our existence, was a curse. Mm -hmm. And that often happens today because you have to deal with what is attracted to you. You're not doing anything. You're not sending out a signal. You're not trying to vibrate. You hope don't nobody see that you are beautiful and it's constantly coming just all the time. Just Mm -hmm. wide open thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Okay. Nothing you can do will stop Satan Claus coming in all the manifestations because it's attracted to this beautiful package. Well, the same thing's happening in our relationship. It's a beautiful package when we're moving together and we're evolving together and we're going towards source together. Then we get better at recognizing Satan Claus when it shows up in the little red dress in the matrix. Oh, oh. <laughs> Nikki, don't hurt him. Don't hurt him, Nikki. Nikki, come on. Nikki, guess what you just did? I brought a soup in the building. I love you. Oh, my God. I love you, Nikki. She brought Mississippi in the building. Hey, I have to go to my city, Pasadena. When we come forward, we're going to talk to Juliet in Pasadena. Or I'll do nothing at all. Come on. I just want to be what you want me to be. I want to see what you want me to be. I just want to be what you want me to be. I get me happy to see what you want me to be. If you want me to, I'll do it. That playlist has been on fire all night. My playlist is my co-host, The Voice of Reason. Tonight's topic has been... Oh, man, it's been groundbreaking, man. Very incredible show tonight. Trial Stones versus Milestones. Incredible topic. Incredible topic. Let me get to my final caller here. Uh, Juliet from Pasadena, California. Get in here. <laughs> Hi, Zoe. How you doing tonight? <laughs> I am alive and well. How are you feeling about tonight's that- topic? Um, it's pretty good. I was listening. Um, I think the guy was from Dallas, Texas. Uh Uh-huh. Reggie. Um, and I was just listening to him. He was saying, you know, how much longer we have to go through. And I think all of us feel like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I, I think too, is because in some areas of our life, we start slacking. And when I say slacking, God told us to pray without ceasing. Mm. And the reason he told us to pray without ceasing, so you won't leave that crack open. Because if you pray in like you're supposed to, then it gives you joy and peace and happiness. Mm-hmm. Even if something, even if uh, adversity comes towards you, you not worrying about it because you know God got you. Mm-hmm. And going. that's because you prayed up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of us feel like that. And then we're so confined of what's going on in the world. And 
trying to do what we have to do just to be responsible for our lives also, mm-hmm. you know. And I think relationships, you should pray together. Huh. huh. And I think that would even help, too, to be stronger together, you know, especially when you recognize that it's the enemy trying to come against you and trying to kill, steal, and destroy, you know. But anyway, I just wanted to comment on what he was saying. And I I noticed when I used to wake up in the morning and start getting ready for work, and I'm not going to be too long, and, you know, I'll be getting ready from work. I would always put church music on or I put Cindy Trim on. My spirit was totally different. You know, I could get through the day with happiness and joy, you know, but when you start slacking, anything could kind of, tick you off mm. you know so i believe god is real and i believe what he say pray without ceasing because that will help you and that will help help you against the adversary so he can't get in as easy oh i love it but I love anyway it. juliet guess what you just did <laughs> brought pasadena in the house dina love <laughs> you already know what it is the rose city in the building this has been an amazing show but let me hit you harder If you are always praying for a new love because you're discontent and dissatisfied with your current love, but you have not prayed for healing for the current situation, you might be under spiritual attack. You're a runner. You run from the curriculum, the spiritual curriculum that the current relationship presented to you. You just tired of not doing the work. You're tired of it being hard. You're tired of it hurting. That's what children do. Children run towards things that glitter and feel good, things that are sweet. They don't like vegetables. So they run from the things that don't taste sweet. They run from the things that, uh, uh, you know, don't glitter. You see what I'm saying? And we've brought that into our spiritual and relational lives. If you pray for a new love because you're discontent with the current love, don't you know the same power that is in your discontentment can be used or transmuted into a prayer of healing that could actually elevate the relationship. See, we always want the new. We don't know how to renew. Ooh, I know people don't want to hear it. Let me tell you something. Whatever isn't healed is a potential portal for spiritual manipulation or spiritual attack. Do you understand me? The topic tonight, trial stones. Heavier than milestones. Milestones are accomplishments. Trial stones are stepping stones to self-realization. The unification with one's identity with the source of all that is. That's what a trial stone is. It is a spiritual up-leveling. It weighs more. Than a milestone. A milestone will be here after you gone. But a trial stone is, uh, listen to me, it is the elevator to heaven, not the stairway to heaven. Uh, I don't want to keep going that deep. Unveiling the transformative power of overcoming challenges 
in embracing relationship dynamics. Tonight's topic, we try to explore the profound impact of spiritual resilience and coping with difficult times in a relationship and provide insights into practices and rituals that can enhance spiritual resilience. Additionally, we try to discuss how couples can cultivate a sense of spiritual connectedness, navigate challenges, and deepen their bonds through trials and tribulations that they face together. That's what we try to do. We tried to talk about spiritual uh, resilience and how it plays a role in coping with difficult times in a relationship. We talked about how it provides individual couples with inner strength, faith, and hope needed to overcome such adversities. I'm not here to tell you what the truth is. I'm not here to change your mind about nothing. I'm here to ask you the question. What is it all for then? If you just going to pray for something new because you tired of the old. I'm here to tell you something. Ain't no falling out of love. Love is a state of consciousness. And if you're lucky enough to experience it, you're going to understand. Even when that relationship is over, that love is going to persist. I know you're not ready for tonight's work, man. Listen, I started the fire. You finish it. Up next, my friend, your friend, my sister, your sister. You already know the fire will continue. It's RSVP with Jill Monroe. I'll be back tomorrow with another slapper.